Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped merch store. Use the coupon code PODCAST to get 20% off of your next purchase. And while you're listening, like us, like seriously, like us, if, if you do, like us on the internet, subscribe to us on the internet, and pay attention to the interview coming up because we've got some great social media handles that you guys should pay attention to in a moment. But Harrison, what, what's going on this episode? Well, today... We're getting hoppy with it. I can't believe I've used that as not haven't used that as an intro yet. Maybe I have. I don't remember. Um, this episode is about all things El Dorado, the tropical hop, or should I say, all Dorado? Wink, wink. You'll know more in a moment. But we are <laughs> so excited to have some serious hop masters. That would be Shelley and Eric from CLS Farms, and a brewing wizard, Alex from Three Weavers Brewing, of course, waiting in the wings to join us shortly to break down what makes the Eldorado hop so great, different, and exciting. I remember the first time I had Eldorado in the perfectly named Dorado, double IPA from Ballast Point. It was actually Christmas Eve 2014. Thanks, Untap, for reminding me. Um, my check-in was a perfect five bottle caps, and it just said hop mashing madness, referring to the addition of hops in the mash of that beer. As an early professional brewer, that kind of blew my mind that somebody was hop mashing. Today, we'll be enjoying a beer that Alex actually brewed for Three Weavers, All Dorado, which, as you may guess by the name, is single hop IPA featuring El Dorado. And I mean, this hop is everywhere to learn more about in a minute, but it's really been skyrocketing in popularity over the past couple of years. So even if you aren't lucky enough to be able to grab some Eldorado yourself, chances are a, a beer featuring Eldorado is only a quick untapped search away. Since this hop is being used by so many brewers right now, it's going to be also a great episode to highlight the Brewery Pioneer Badge, too. I wonder how many levels I could hit just by drinking beers from different breweries that all featured Eldorado hops. It sounds like I've got another Hop Ford weekend adventure in front of me. And really, it could start tonight, right now, with this beer we're going to drink in a couple of minutes. So join us as we walk down the road to Eldorado in search not of gold, but leafy green treasure instead no back-supporting insoles or smelly mule required, right, John? <laughs> and also not the type of leafy green treasure that got you in trouble during your college years. It's not trouble. This is, this is a hoppier. Exactly. <laughs> and the badge we want you to focus on for this episode is Untapped's Brewery Pioneer, which effectively celebrates how many different breweries you've sampled in your Untapped career, journey, uh, the the badge will let you know when you've unlocked it, right? There's beer in them thar hills. Whoever writes <laughs> the badges for Untapped is a dad for sure. You're setting <laughs> off on a journey through the world of beer, but be sure to take some time to get to know each brewery as you go. The way you earn this badge is that you've drank five beers from five different breweries. And then when you go to 10 different breweries, you'll be leveling this badge up. So... El Dorado is a great journey to go down this. I mean, if you're following the El Dorado hop, you can drink from a variety of different brewers along the way. We're fortunate enough to have Alex actually talk to us about brewing with this hop today. Uh, anything I'm, I'm forgetting, Harrison? Yeah, all these awesome guests we have just hanging out, ready to drink some beer. So I'm now very excited to welcome to Drinking Socially, Shelly and Eric Demary from CLS Farms and Alexandra Noel from Three Weavers Brewing. Welcome to the show. Hi. Oh, hey. Hi. Hey, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, so excited to have you guys here. It's going to be a blast. So let's do the most important thing we do here, which is open a beer and say cheers and start drinking it. So let's do that. Right. Sure it sounds like, oh, here we go. This is my favorite part. A lot of people like the can noise. We get a lot of compliments about the can open was too too quiet or whatever 
So that was we great. Package our, we package our beer okay. on a high speed German canning line. So that crack is always going to be nice. Off of I, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not watching on YouTube, Alex, Eric, and Shelly doing a great job of showing this can is beautiful. Do you yeah. guys do your own? I'm I'm stealing the interview and I'm just running away <laughs> right now. We have to talk about the beer. Usually Harrison and I will tell you about the beer, but we have the person responsible for it on the show with us today. So I'm going to ask Alex if you don't mind telling us a little bit about El Dorado. What 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 inspired it? How'd you come up with the name? That's a layup, maybe. But I'll let you take it away from there. Okay, so um, El Dorado really came out of the fact that I've been brewing with Eldorado for over a decade and I've never made a single hop beer with it mm. ever, wow. ever. It's in a lot wow. of my staples, but like, yeah, it's never been, it's never been like the number one focus of the beer. So I felt like it was about right. time yeah. talking to Shelly about it. She's like, yes, it's about time. Let's loop in Yak and Valley hops for this. But um, yeah. So what you have is an IPA. It's, uh, single hop, single malt. We use multiple Ooh. different types of Eldorado in it, though. So yes. um, the, your standard T90 hop pellet, um, Lubamax, which is a, a, slightly, a more concentrated selected pellet. And then we also used whole hop in both the Whirlpool. And then we conditioned the finished bright beer on whole hop cones in the bright tank. So it's got three different forms of Eldorado that come into play during three different parts of the process. Oh my gosh. I feel like wow. I've already learned more than I knew when we started this journey. <laughs> well, like the idea when doing beers like this, and I feel like yeah. when evaluating any hop for what it can best do, I say like, just go big on it. And we went really ridiculous in terms of the quantity of everything that went into it because we, one, we could. And two, I think it's just really the best way to find, you find the edges, right? You have to find the edges of what something can do. And the best way right. to do it is to overdo it. <laughs> right. I love Cheers it. Yeah. to that. Oh man. Yeah. I think one of the cool things too is you know the name the name you kind of go, okay, well it's a single hop Eldorado beer, but really within that, Eldorado, it's in all forms. Every right. form, every kind of form of Eldorado we could come up with yeah. this. So it's it's kind of a unique I don't think there's very many beers that are a single hop beer where every processed form of it is is in the beer. So that was a unique play on it as well. So. Yeah, that's and and obviously today we're sitting in a time when you can write hops. They used to be whole cone hops, and then they were pelletized. And now you have right Lupamax, Cryo. There's like so many concentrate different ways to enjoy this amazing thing, this gift that hops are to the world. So that's that's a great point. That like now you couldn't make this beer ten years ago because it, a lot of these hops and, and this the way these hops are presented just didn't exist yet. So. What a time to be alive. This is amazing. Woo. And it is, yeah. from, it, you know, it's one of those hops that, right, it's, it's. I mean, from my experience, like I said, I remember that night drinking Dorado from Ballast Point and being like, holy cow, this is one of those hops that's so versatile, bittering, flavor, aroma. Like, it kind of, it does everything, too, right? So even that all Dorado, it's, it's, this is a hop that can do it all. And you're really celebrating that here. We use it for bittering too. Yeah, okay, we cool. definitely use it for bittering in this one as well. Um, and what's really so I'm incredibly familiar with this hop, right? Like yeah. I know it back and front. And the the one thing that surprised me though is we pulled out some new sensory notes out of this beer. And I can't really pinpoint exactly what point of the process it came from because we use so many different things. But there's this like conquered grape and berry character that we get mm. in sensory on this beer that is something I've personally never pulled out of an Eldorado beer in the past. So it could have just been the fact that there was like over four pounds per barrel in the dry hop. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, actually, that's not ridiculous anymore. True, I have right. friends who dry hop at seven pounds per barrel. But like for me, that's a, it's pretty egregious to do four yeah. pounds. It's so. a lot of man. That's dropping the hops out of that beer is. Ugh, I don't have that. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Where's I'm the beer? Really, it was really the terrible. Hop, right? Yeah. Right. This, this hop coming off the racing arm. Yeah, seven plus. Yes, seven, seven plus. Seven pounds a barrel uh, <laughs> of hops, hop growers. We like that. 
Yeah, yeah, Eric and Shelly is the guys that produce this hop. Have you started? Have you thought about maybe starting a campaign to do like the first ten pounds per barrel? And- <laughs> <laughs> Who can do it? Like you get a hat, or I give you like yeah, a new t-shirt, sweet like, hat. My weird. Yeah, or like when you go out and eat a big steak, you get like a t-shirt, right? There you go. I like it. See, there you go. We won't hold you to it, but I like this. I like where we're going. And, and hopheads, I'm sure, listening. Do as well. So, all right. So this beer is amazing. I'm loving that we're celebrating the El Dorado hop and really in all its forms. But as kind of as a history buff and a beer nerd, I would love to know kind of where this journey began. So we have this amazing hop. We're drinking it today. But for you know, Shelly and, and Eric, can you take me kind of the beginning, how this all started, the kind of the origin of CLS Farms, and how we got to where we are today? Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Um, our, my, uh, our family is a fourth generation, uh, hop grower in Yakima Valley. So there was a, there was a, there was a pod of, of French Canadians that came from Quebec in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s and settled in Yakima Valley. And, and, uh, my family was part of that. And, uh, so, you know, definitely had some history there and it's, it's tough. It's tough becoming a hop grower. I mean, it's just tough to get into the, get into right. the market and the situation Yakima Valley is is the best area to grow hops in the world and that's not because we're necessarily the smartest but we have special special climactic conditions here and we're really right. far north and so we we have certain advantages here that allow us to uh, excel at what we do so um uh you know I went to college and got a degree in ag econ and wanted to be a hop grower met Shelly soon after college and uh, I had a degree in public relations and marketing okay. and so yeah we worked together after that yeah to, we connected yeah. and and CLS was born in the mid 90s um, uh, together me and Shelly started yeah 1996 I believe and you know we we're primarily alpha growers back then there was really crap right. and not really much and and, uh, you know, it was not the easiest thing being a hop grower in the mid-90s to mid-2000s. And right. We struggled and we persevered. And uh, we had we had, uh, we had had Eldorado, or we had, you know, we had this variety for quite some time in, you know, the early 2000s. And it's, it was, you know, it was, we were more pegging it to maybe be an alpha, you know, alpha variety. It has really great alpha acids. It has decent high yield characteristics. But... Just didn't quite meet the alpha side of the hop game is all about pounds per acre of hops and alpha level, and you multiply those together to get um, pounds of alpha per acre. And it just didn't quite have enough pounds of alpha per acre to compete at that level. But um, with craft, you know, about 2000, we were early in the craft side on CLS with hops. I mean, we were yeah. there planting lots of Centennial in 2008, nine, and ten, and and um, so we kind of had had the variety and and wasn't named or anything yet, and so we we sent it down uh, with Brewer Supply Group uh, down JBF in 2010 and unnamed, and so it was just down there and came back and it just had all kinds of reviews. At that point, I will say that we were still young in yeah. our sensory ability. Yeah, t- definitely our hop and, uh, knowledge at that point. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't quite know, you know, what we had or what, but there was some really positive feedback, and so it became pretty clear pretty fast that we needed to like name it, release it, get moving down the train, which we did, and you know, really it it just boom, just kind of took right off. I mean, Alex, I mean, it was maybe a year late. I mean, it it got into some of the right hands pretty quickly. Right. And, um, you know, it took, it just took right off. And so as we got, you know, as, as our sensory in-house has gotten better and our abilities to manage things, you know, we can definitely, you know, some of the, it does present as a very unique um, aroma hop yeah. and it has special characteristics that aren't in other hops. And so it provides a nice balance to other varieties. So that's, that's kind of how it got going. I mean, it hit a, you know, I mean, any new variety, especially at that point, 
they're all they're all successful to a degree because everybody wants to try them. And so El Dorado took right off. It took a little bit for brewers how to learn to get it in their long term their long term uh, uh, beers year round beers, but it it found its way into some year round beers pretty quick and uh, turned out to be uh, turned out to be a uh, uh, you know turned out well and it got us launched <laughs> off on the right foot so we yeah. could get to bridge in and and off we went. So, I, yeah. I would say well is probably an understatement, but I appreciate <laughs> you being humble. Um, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the spotlight from Harrison, but I want to ask you yeah. guys a question. Is just a I I drink beer. It tastes great, and I love that it's like a hobby for me as an old guy that doesn't require much running. <laughs> but when, so at this point in the interview, both Alex and Eric and Shelly have kind of talked about the sensory part of the hop. For a casual observer, I'm just imagining like, oh, it's three o'clock, time for sensory tests. Let's drink a bunch of beer and write notes. What is it? Uh, I want to start this question with Alex and just ask, you know, for uh, a sensory panel, you said on this beer, you'd done so much El Dorado that you were discovering Concord. What's it usually like to run a sensory panel for a beer or a hop? Are there other specific qualifications for everyone listening who wants to apply for a job now <laughs> to drink beer yeah <laughs> well okay so the first place to start is to standardize the nomenclature that you use so that we all kind of use similar terms and so that my brewers are trained and all talk in the same terms of when they're doing stuff like that right aromatically um so for a beer like Alderado, um we use Eldorado a lot. So we understand we're looking for a lot of the pineapple characteristics, but you try and step into it in a kind of a blind sense. So you're not, you know, you kind of know what you're expecting, but not really just almost pretend like you're drinking the beer for the first time. It helps to have some training to understand what you're actually pulling out aromatically. So I've seen a lot of training done with like the actual fruit, Mm -hmm. right? You can smell a papaya, you can smell a banana, you can smell a pineapple and get an idea of what's being pulled out of the beer. Um, but we use really cool software here called Draft Lab, and it ensures that our sensory is uniform across the board, depending on the type of test that we're taking. We do descriptive tests, true to brand testing, right? Because we're constantly trying beers at one, three, five months, cold, warm stored, whatever, just to make sure that they're aging the way that they need to. But yeah, when it came to Alderado, I was very specific on the fact that like we are evaluating this hop and how much it can do in the beer. I was like, so you need to search for more than what you're typically looking for in an Eldorado beer. And that's where we started pulling out the berry and the grape. And then on the hop growing side, Eric and Shelly, as you guys have been doing it for, you started when you're young. So it definitely in your mid to late twenties by this point, what sort of, uh, what sort of things are you guys doing on the growing side to d- kind of measure the hops uh, for for sensory things? Yeah. Sorry for lack of nomenclature. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it required it required us at CLS to kind of really, as hop growers, you know, we weren't really trained on sensory. We just delivered alpha hops. They went in, and you know, and even even kind of pre craft beer boom here, even. Before this, craft beer was, you know, a thing in the mid-90s to mid-2000s, but there just wasn't maybe as much emphasis on, on sensory and some of that stuff. So it took required us to uh, get our own game up to speed, so to speak. And so um, so we spend a lot of time with El Dorado. Almost every lot uh, of El Dorado that's produced in the United States, we do sensory on ourselves internally. And, um, it took us, it took us a while to feel like we got up to speed. Um, we worked with, we worked with, uh, Alex was really instrumental in this and a few other large crafters as well. Uh, Tom Nielsen at Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. as well as working on modifying the harvest window a little bit to get mm-hmm. into these aromas that, um, wow. that were really meaningful. And we learned. You know, Alex talks about pushing the boundaries and we learned how to push the boundaries from a growing standpoint on this variety. And so, so we got to places where early, early in its maturity zone, um, it's, it's, you get a lot of the pear and watermelon side of it, you know, then later in it, we kind of get into that ridiculous zone of maturity, what we would call as 
you started getting that tropical hand, especially hard candy, cherry, those mm. kind of aromas. And Alex was always instrumental in pushing us down that road. And so we've actually modified its harvest window since its inception to get more into that zone. And one of the things that you can always, for me, I just, maybe it's because I was a kid and the cereal, cereal was popular as a kid is tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you get a single hop Eldorado, you should get tricks out of it. And, <laughs> and that's, I mean, I, I don't know if that resonates with everybody, but for me. Oh, yeah. With whole milk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. yeah. right. It's the, it's the milk at the bottom, right? That's it. Oh, yep. Yep. That's where the magic happens. <laughs> my, my, man, my brother used to put chocolate milk in his tricks because he's a crazy person. But so not that. Don't do that. Whole milk. Maybe heavy cream. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I only live once. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Wait, we, we, yeah, we worked. We worked hard with uh, with the with you know we have 23 licensed growers now and and we worked really hard with them on harvest window and where we want it and you know a lot of people would say we're crazy harvesting out harvesting it out where we do and and but you know we've learned I, I got to say one of the most wonderful things about crafters is they give license to us growers to go into weird and crazy places right you know and so. We're out harvesting this hop in a window that we think is absolutely crazy, but it never, like, I don't want to say it never goes onion garlic, but it's almost rare. rare. Yes, it's rare. And so you, it, it gives you license as a grower and a brewer to go take all these chances with it that right. maybe other varieties wouldn't. And so, so like, those are, those are some great things. Shelly and people within our organization work really hard. We have a very sophisticated grower guide that goes out to every grower. And and it can be very specific growing right. metrics when to harvest, and then so we're doing things with Colorado that would um, that would that would make other people maybe cringe a little bit on harvest window. We want a little bit of color in the harvest because that means it's right. And if you if and we were conditioned for so many years to pick these pearl green hops, right? Pearl green hops are flat and boring. But hops with a little color have a little bit of zing to them. So Love it. things like that. I mean, it's I, I I feel really confident saying that we are at the forefront as growers, not only in Eldorado but all of our all varieties of really learning where the picking windows are and, and how to adjust those to really create change for brewers. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and that it kind of leads me to something I discovered on your one of the websites you guys have, eldoradohops.com, talking about Flavor Edge, your quality assurance program. Can you guys talk a little more about that, kind of how that works, why yeah. that's important? Yeah. Those are just all those you know, requirements that we have in order to ensure quality, consistency, all through the supply chain, you know, so that when we deliver a hop to, to you, that it's all, you know, Alex talks about being on brand for beard and you want to be on brand with our hops too. So that's, that's all the way down through the growers that we work really hard to deliver a high quality, consistent hop amongst all the different growers we have now um, throughout the Northwest and in Michigan so it's, it's quite a broad spectrum, and we want to just get everybody on the same page when they're uh, growing and harvesting Colorado. Oh. Yeah, yeah. it's great. one of the advantages of, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of talk amongst brewers and, you know, proprietary varieties, public varieties, and they both have their advantages, right? And so we're, we're a big public variety supporter. Alex is certainly attest to that. But one one advantage that proprietary varieties have is is that that we can kind of really pull that quality in those in some of these metrics and rules through all the way through the growing part. And so it's using many times with a proprietary writer getting much kind of a more consistent product that's maybe tailored right to what a brewer is looking for. Amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it, it's, it's so cool. I mean, just to right, be a beer fan, be someone who's worked in the industry for this long and still kind of 
you know, as a casual beer consumer, as John mentioned, you probably don't realize all the work, the passion, the kind of artistry that is going in here. And you guys are dealing with a harvest with something that a lot of the factors here, you can't control the weather and the wind and all that stuff that's going to kind of play into this. The kind of work you have to do to control what you can is uh, it's amazing. And it's it's so cool to hear just the process, the passion behind it that it's every little thing from the size of the hop bed and the temperature and when the window to harvest, like all of this is being considered down to the, the inch um, as I was reading. That's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unreal and you can taste it in this beer. It's pretty obvious. I mean, how I got the watermelon candy right away, but now I'm feeling the Concord great, but it's, it's just so cool. It's just so amazing to know that, like all the work, all the people, all the thought that went into making this. Um, it's something that I think all craft beer fans could think more about. Um, and uh, I'm glad we're talking about it today because it's just, it's kind of blowing my mind taking a step back and uh, and just imagining the experience you guys go through every day while trying not to get distracted by what it might smell like doing this. I'm sure it smells amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually very true. From field to beer, Eldorado, it tracks yeah. really well. Not all hops do that, right, but right. you know, you can definitely pull these things out. And then there's one, I, we get a ton of like pineapple juice in Eldorado okay. here in our sensory. It's a sweet, I always get sweet candied lemon. It's typically one of my mm. notes because this beer has been in the can for about 30 days. We actually did a 30 day sensory on it today. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. we found maybe the lemon has fallen out a tiny bit, but the pineapple is still very dominant and the watermelon and the oh, grape yeah. berry. Yeah. The thing that's transformational um, that would be great, you know, for craft beer drinkers to understand, one of the transformational things that's happened in the last eight, nine, ten years is that brewers and growers have got together. Mm -hmm. And that information exchange that's happening, and it's fluid now. Now we're all all on the same page. And and that, that, that information exchange is translating into these new flavors exciting things and things so that that's that part it's just quiet behind the scenes things that maybe a lot of people don't know or or understand but this you know technology in modern society is allowed is allowed this this, just like we're doing today we're talking on zoom and we're doing this right and so that that ability of of us two to connect and do this is allowed the information gap between brewers and growers is closed and you know for a long time, you know, during harvest, it was like this quiet little thing that would go on and, you know, we kind of like say, hey, you know, harvest starting and now it's over. And so now it's really has been transformed in the last 10 years when, um, you know, we have brew schools going on. Had, you know, so many uh, brewers coming on the farm and that really is I think what um, launched Eldorado 10 years ago, too, was having brewers come out, learning about it from the dealers, understanding who you know, we are, our commitment to being farmers. And, and I always was impressed and, uh, with that, that same commitment that farmers have to uh, farming. Is the same commitment brewers have to brewing, and and it was this. I can't. I sleep, drink, eat farming. Eat, sleep, drink brewing, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 when those two, you know, people got together, it was like, oh my gosh, um, you're 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 just like us, and you care just as much as we do, and you want just the best for your beer. And so that connection um, is what really, I think, made the spark happen at the same time as BAP was really taking off and Eldorado taking off. And our farm really, you know, uh, taking off as well. So 
Thank yeah, you. and I, <laughs> I think anytime you're fortunate enough to to call it a night and go out to eat instead of cook for yourself, and you the server at the restaurant tells you, you know, you we got these tomatoes from a farm locally that the chef goes to visit. It's, it's a common thing in the culinary world, and it's really great to hear about it in the brewing world where, we know, Alex has a connection with you guys and you're talking about how you're using the hop. This isn't going to tangent well, but I wanted to ask, Alex, you said you've been brewing with this hop for almost 10 years. So is when you're doing that, and this is your first single hopped El Dorado beer, have you come across you don't have to reveal these if they're if they're like trade secret, but for any of us that can't brew a beer in our own closets and maybe want to pretend that we're good at it, have you come across any kind of like good combinations where like El Dorado pairs with this hop or this style really well that's that's kind of works well for you? I mean, it's a perfect IPA hop, right? We don't have to dance around that fact. It goes incredibly well <laughs> in every kind of hobby beer. Um, we use it in our flagship beer here. It's a West Coast IPA called Expatriate. And I um, combine it with Simcoe and Mosaic, two very aggressive hops. But the Eldorado stands on its own in it. And I like to talk about how Eldorado tends to like fill in all the gaps with certain hops. It does have a tendency to balance things out. And it has this sweetness that I think kind of kind of blankets the entire experience of the hop side of a beer because you can drink a single hop mosaic beer and it's just, it smells great, but it's too much, right? There's no nuance to it. There's no balance to it. You can't call it beautiful. You kind of call it aggressive. Um, but we t- tend to use Eldorado in a lot of beers when we know <laughs> we want this like sweet fruit characteristic. And when I say it like fills in the gaps of a lot of other hop varieties, it certainly does that. And I haven't really found a hop that it doesn't work with. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I was going to say maybe I wouldn't pair with EKG, but that could work really well in a British beer where you're looking for a little bit of fruitiness in addition to like the herbaceous quality of the EKG. But um, it plays well with all hops. If you're brewing it, I'm drinking it. Um, That's one thing I've learned so far. Um, Eric and Shelly, when I'm growing, (laughs) I can't keep a basil plant alive, but (laughs) when when my wife is playing in the garden, she tells me, I mean, you know, like the, the basil needs to be next to the bikini. When you guys are planting your hops in your in your farm, which in my head is like the size of Willy Wonka's factory, but do you guys think about kind of what hops we can work on and grow and try and build and bring to the forefront that'll be a nice component to El Dorado? Do you guys think about how you're planting your farm that way? Or is it totally different and I'm off course? Um, I don't know. You know, we kind of... You know, we're we're at our you know our base level. We're we're economic creatures, and so we have to go where brewers lead us. And so, you know, so we grow a lot of citra on this farm, and we grow a lot of mosaic on this farm, and and uh, as well. And and we have great relationships with the buyer that that buys that. And those are important varieties for us. And so, I think a good way to classify CLS Farms, we are we are a true independent uh, hop farm and so a lot of the hop farms are aligned with different groups or different buyers or whatever and and, you know we 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 are a truly independent um independent grower so alex can attest to that as well so we you know we're we're we we like to play in all the camps and do because at the end of the day we want to do what's right for brewers you know for us it's all about the brewers and so we have brewers that love our citra and brewers that love our mosaic and, and they reflect it from those. And from our those buyers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, at the end of the day, we, we kind of follow those, all those avenues, you know? So I will say one cool thing about the hop industry is, is we are, we are uh, all fairly large farms, but every farm in this, in this Valley is a family farm. Yeah. We're all families here. Yeah. Every farm in the Yakima Valley yeah. has a family connected to it. Our family, our neighbors down the street, uh, you know, we're in a, a small industry for sure that has many families that are cousins or generational farms. You know, we have three daughters too. And so that's I mean, the CLS stands for their initials. And oh. so. It's important that that still stays, you know, in the forefront of all these farms. Hop, hop growers have um, 
there's no private equity in hot growing right now. I mean, it's all mm. it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying, but it's just, but it's all, these are family farms brewers are dealing with too. And consumers should know that too as well. It's, this is, we're all, we're all slugging it out out here. We <laughs> so. all have, we all have like soccer practices. We all still right. like take our kids, you know, play, like to breweries, you know, too. That was the other part about, you know, when Alvarado was released was, you know, we brought our kids. Um, they're very much a part of our, our core you know, business here. And, 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 and the, for the people that work with us too. And so, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a small industry, but it's also, um, you know, has a lot of, um, families involved that go back for generations. I'm imagining one of your three daughters getting Merrick's and Alex brewing a beer for the wedding and that sort of like <laughs> community that you wouldn't expect to find if you worked at Xerox or some giant corporate company. Um, I mean, that's Sorry, Xerox. Yeah. So when we, when we went down to, to brew this Alvarado, it was me and my daughter, Claire, who she's going to school right now. She's finishing college and grad school. And then uh, Reed Lundgren, who's our production manager. Um, and so we spent the whole day really just spending time in the brewery, learning, understanding. Um, you just don't get that time um, with with brewers and with farmers to, to take the time to really understand the process. And so she's been to our farm multiple occasions and has um, been super passionate. And so we, that was a really, you know, I felt honored to be there. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us because there are a lot of people listening that hopefully have learned at least one thing they can take away from this. Go find beer with El Dorado hops in it. Um, that would that might be the easiest thing to take away from it. Or if you can get your hands on El Dorado at the time of recording, it's only got 36 check-ins on, unta- on untapped, which makes it, I think, declaratively like a whale at this point we'll see if it we'll see how many people get their hands on it as time evolves shut up john thank you (laughs) alex shelley and eric so much for joining us on drinking socially today it was enlightening to hear you guys talk about the passion and the soul that you put into your work on both ends of this beer I want to ask you on the spot, are there any thoughts or suggestions or colloquialisms you want to leave everyone with that's listening to the show before we let you go on about your regular lives in soccer practice? Yeah, yeah. I I would say in these weird times, be kind to your bartenders. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And your tractor drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With our drummers back from break, good. Yeah, I would say I would. You know, I what I what I would say is that um, you know we've grown hops in times that were not really great, and we've grown hops in times that are much better. And what I what I would really like to thank is ultimately two two groups. One is the consumers because they have completely backed up um, this movement with uh, buying uh, craft beer and supporting that industry. And then also brewers like Alex as well, because it took a passion. It took, it took uh, consumer passion and it took a uh, small brewer passion to overcome some of the obstacles in the beer market. And those obstacles have been overcome. And what I can say is it's been transformational very important to the family farms in the Yakima Valley that grow hops and it's made our life a lot more enjoyable. I love it. That's amazing. That's right. Open another beer to that and say cheers to all you guys. Again, thank you so much for your, yeah, your time today for sharing this amazing story of El Dorado with us for giving Alex amazing insights into brewing and how many hops per barrel we got here. We're experiencing and, and more. I mean, this was, this was so cool and so much fun. Thank you all for doing what you're doing. I mean, this is 
stories like this are, you know, I think why people have a really, one of the reasons people have a really easy time loving craft breweries, loving this whole entire industry is that it's right. It's a lot. It's just, it's people with dreams following them with their families and friends most of the time. And that's exciting. As John said, you don't find that everywhere. Um, it's easy to forget about. So thank you for reminding us today of that, that you guys are doing every day and we get to benefit from it by drinking this great beer. So cheers to you all. And, and thanks again. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Cheers guys. guys. Awesome. Of course. And if you guys want to find out more, you can jump online. You can follow Three Weavers at Three Weavers on Instagram. You can find CLS Farms at CLS underscore farms on Instagram. Also, I would encourage you to jump on hoptalk.live. There are stories there from brewers. There are recipes from brewers that are making beers with El Dorado hops. If you're a brewer and you have a beer that features El Dorado Awesome. Drop the recipe on there. Let us check it out. Let home brewers try and make it in their garage or spill all over their kitchen as it overflows on their stove or all that fun home brewing stuff that happens in the beginning and sometimes to even more experienced home brewers. But um, I mean, please share it there. It, it's so cool as, as kind of Shelly and, and Eric and Alex that were talking to, to hear that, to, to have them hear that, what their hops are doing, where they're going, the beers they're making. As you can imagine, it's pretty amazing. You can also jump on to clsfarms.com for more information. Harvest season, obviously, is coming up for them. I was on their Instagram today. The images are amazing. Taking the hops off the vines, all that stuff, it's it's unreal. And then yakimavalleyhops.com, too. They actually have homebrew kits. So if you're starting out as a homebrewer, don't know where to go, El Dorado, this sounds amazing. I love watermelon candy. I love Concord grapes. I love beer. <laughs> Please help me make it in my house because I can't get El Dorado. Yakima uh, Valley Hops got you covered there to start that journey. But again, this was so cool. I feel like I learned a ton. And really, I can't wait to hunt for more beers with El Dorado in them. And I mean, Eric and Shelley were kind of humble. I mean, Sierra Nevada's using this in their hazy little thing, Stone's Delicious IPA. Like these are like obviously three weavers makes, makes a whole beer with it. And then Expatriate, as Alex said, their flagship IPA features this hop like this is this is a big deal this hop is you know if you think of great craft breweries they're playing around with el dorado um so like i said you can hopefully find it uh in in some beer near you uh and please do if you haven't experienced this yet it's amazing and really speaking of watermelon candy they were kind of to send us this this is an air freshener that's watermelon flavored so i may open this up we don't have smell of vision yet but I'm going to kind of pair this with the rest of Eldorado. Please don't, also, don't dunk it in the beer. <laughs> I won't dunk Yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. Maybe, I won't. Maybe I'll save this and surprise hide it in the car. So everyone's asking me why it smells like watermelon tomorrow. I think that's my plan. <laughs> yeah, it um, smells like you're working here. That's yeah. right. I'll have a little bit of a laugh. Did someone leave a box of Jolly Ranchers in the back or drop some trick cereal? I would probably assume it would be trick cereal over the place. Uh, cause that's, uh, that happens a lot of the time, but anyway, that was, that was so cool. And it really, it kind of makes me think more about the badge. We're talking about the brewery pioneer badge. So like I half joked, but now I kind of feel like I've challenged myself. So many <laughs> breweries are using El Dorado. Keep an eye on my untapped feed. I'll be trying to systematically move through a couple I haven't had yet, but let's talk a little bit about this badge for everybody at home, John, how they can earn it, whether they're chasing El Dorado beers or not, what's uh, what's the nuts and bolts of this thing? Yeah, this is one of those badges on Untapped that is a big badge. A lot of people have earned it. Currently, at yeah. uh, the the time of recording, we're at one point nine million and change million. people that have unlocked this badge, and it's not hard. I mean, all you have right. to do is drink beer from different breweries. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's a challenge worth chasing. Obviously, when you get up to like level 50, then you're talking about now it's starting to get hard because you can't drink Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Sierra Nevada Torpedo. Sierra, nope, Sierra Nevada is right. already on the list. You need to find a new brewery. And for that, I think it's a great badge to feature on this interview special guest episode where we're talking about the El Dorado hop, which is available in many different great beers as Harrison alluded to and three weavers showing us 
what you can do if you just cram a bunch of it into a beer. <laughs> so some of the most popular beers that people use to unlock this badge in the first instance are, as you may expect, on Untapped. You just started using it. You just started checking in. You're kind of new to craft beer. So you'll see a lot of early unlocks featuring Heineken and Guinness. They're prolific across the beer community. Lagunitas IPA helps a lot of people earn this badge for the first time. But that also blocks every other Lagunitas beer from helping you right. level it up. That's why you need to go out and you need to source Stone Delicious, which is a magical, amazing beer. You need to find beers from Three Weavers and from Brooklyn and just keep spreading, you know, go down the go down the grocery store aisle. I think for badges, as far as we've reviewed on the podcast, this is probably one of my best. I anticipate maxing it out soon. I am currently at level 95 on this badge which is somewhere around a million different breweries. I'm not very good at math, but uh, we'll say 95 times five, carry the one somewhere in the millions. Um, (laughs) Big thanks to Graft Cider for helping me get this far. That was my last level up was a a cider from Graft. And honestly, thinking about it, Harrison, could you imagine a world where cideries and meteries start putting El Dorado in there maybe as like a, a dry hop at the end? probably already happening i feel like every time we have what we think is a new idea superstition metery or right some graft has has done it already so um yes i can and perhaps we already live in that world we just haven't discovered that uh, corner of the map yet as it were um and unsurprisingly john you're beating me again at this badge although i will say i'm not too far behind so i'm sitting at level 72, and actually most recently, Bubba's Brew IPA from Bell Breaker, who we had on two episodes ago. Uh, that was amazing to just hear their history, their story, as well as talk with Mike from Ales for ALS. That was the, the most recent beer that I had that helped me level up uh, this badge pretty recently. But again, as John said, you're discovering new beers from new breweries. It's a brewery pioneer badge. That's the whole point. As you discover more things more new beers from breweries you haven't had a beer from yet, you're going to be able to tick this thing along. So in, in some way, it really kind of fo- it follows your untapped journey, where if you want to see how many different breweries have I had a beer from, check in your Brewery Pioneer Batch. Look at what your stat's at right now. I'm at 360 different breweries, um, which is not too bad. Almost one a day for a year or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's not uh, cheaper yeah, than no, you know, not a million and a half. Of them all. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nowhere near my million or so. But um, oh. but it's, it, I, I like that part. A good use case for this badge, Harrison. How many breweries? Be, I've never been to Estonia, but I've drank beer from Estonia. So that helps me level right. up this badge and also exactly. helps me want to go to Estonia because Talon yeah. looks amazing. I know. Um, oh. Speaking of Beers we've drank, Harrison, it's about that time. It's been a long time. It's been a week since we released an episode. Yes. What was the the best beer you had? Well, this one, I anticipate is going to make you a little jealous, but not for long because we can get it still. So I enjoyed Eastern Carolina Classic from Casita Brewing Company. Guys we love. They've made great beer for years. They used to be Gypsy Brewers. No longer. They have kind of set down roots in Wilson, North Carolina, not too far away from us. But Eastern Carolina Classic is actually a cream ale. Um, and it, it blew me away. I love that style. I know you do, too. It's in most of your blood is actually cream ale being from <laughs> Buffalo. The Genesee so River, exactly. technically. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's, it's just there's no water in that river. It's just any cream ale. And it always will be. Don't ask where it comes from. Um, it's magic. But it blew me away. And that's, you know, you may be thinking, cream ale blew you away. No, that's it. I mean, when you hit the nail on your head, it doesn't matter what kind of nail it is. Like, you you nailed it. I think Yogi Berra said that. Um, it sounds but, like it. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, quoting Wayne Gretzky. doesn't matter. <laughs> Not important. But I instantly, I wished it came in 15-pack cans. Like, it was just... It was so good. It was so crisp. It was clean. I gulped it down instantly and thought of you instantly and tagged you in my check-in because I knew you'd love it being from Buffalo and, and having, again, such a uh, – in your genes, um, the uh, 
the, the cream ale itself. So um, really loved it. What about you, John? What's your best beer of the week? Now I want to go find this Casita cream ale. But for me, the first we'll beer that comes to mind is called I Have Promises to Keep. Mm. And it sounds like a burial beer, right? Like it sounds nice. like a Robert Frost home. <laughs> <laughs> This beer is from Treehouse, and the like. So, preface: I brewed a beer with my wife. It's like a fun project where we both tried to brew this beer together. Both yeah. love beer, and I think her review was, "You, you've got a lot of work to do." And so, okay, opportunity, critical feedback. I'm all about that. And then you've got Nathan uh, Lanier at Treehouse. And he brewed a good beer to celebrate his wife and their marriage, hence the name I have promises to keep. But he shared it with all of us or anyone that's fortunate enough to live nearby Treehouse in in Mass. Or if you're friends with Mark, who makes the New England Patriots seem less bad because he's an incredibly generous friend. He is. This beer was as good as you'd expect from Treehouse. It was made even better knowing that I got to kind of share in a little part of the Treehouse family. It was definitely better than my jalapeno pale ale that actually still reminds me of every time I get a little confident. <laughs> um, so uh, Treehouse, uh, how do you, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to boast. Mark's a great friend. Yeah. Treehouse is a great brewery. And more importantly, if there's any words of advice, they do live up to the hype. Um, Indeed. But not to just wait. All, breweries are good right now. This is a great time to be drinking. No matter where you live, the breweries near you are making good beer. And outside of that very formidable David Attenborough-esque advice, I want to say thanks again to Shelly and Eric from CLS. Make sure you're following them on Instagram, especially now coming up on the harvest time. Um, check out, you know, all the things that they're doing. And Alex from three weavers, she's been brewing with El Dorado for 10 years. The beer garden at their tasting room in Inglewood, California, just recently expanded their hours. So you can go there late after work. They're open till 10 food trucks there grab some all dorado before it's gone and i mean you live in california what is it 70 degrees and sunny all hours of the day if you haven't (laughs) been to three weavers in a while go listen to this podcast episode and remember that alex is cool as hell so go pay her a visit and drink some of her beer and follow untapped twitter facebook instagram playstation xbox mm. through the publisher's clearinghouse mail wherever Ooh. you mention untapped you'll find some friends what's coming up next week harrison next week the future i could say who knows and i'd be mostly right but i i feel the year of the logger calling to me with something crisp do you feel that too john Oh, it's yelling. It's screaming for the crisp lager. I feel this, Harrison, and I'm excited to rendezvous with you in seven days. Hmm. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.